0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Perfect Imbalance. On this show, we bring together conversation and expertise. My name is Jeff Way, and I'm the founder of Perfect Imbalance, the first podcast to challenge the myth of work-life balance and explore alternatives for improving overall well-being. Each week, I'll be interviewing different thought leaders, elite. Sports performers and entrepreneurs to understand how they are achieving happiness, success, and greater fulfillment in their lives. So, here's to you, the listeners, joining us each week. Welcome to Perfect Imbalance. On this episode, I share my interview with Gary Turner, founder of the listening organisation and the newly created Wellbeing Chat community where we focus on courage and vulnerability. We also discuss bullying, men's mental health, and opening up, taking a deep-seated belief and looking to make an impact and work-life balance and changing it for life-work quality. Here's Gary. Gary, thank you very much indeed for agreeing to come on the show. It's an absolute pleasure to be able to spend some time with you, so thank you very much.
1: Not at all, thank you for the invite, Jess. Really looking forward to the chat today.
0: You're most welcome, and and actually, uh, it's nice to be on the other side, having uh, answered some questions and and done a couple of interviews with you already in the last few months, so yeah, we'll see how this one goes. (laughs) Now, Gary, like uh, with every guest that comes on the show, I share some information in advance around Perfect Imbalance. Uh, with a view to understanding a little bit more about what work-life balance means to my guests. So the first question for you is, what are your thoughts on work-life balance?
1: Yes, it's a, it's a cracking question, Jeff, because it's something I would say until probably 18 months ago. I would have believed it was actually a statement. <laughs> so I'm finding progressively, certainly over the last 12, 18 months of my life, is that actually part of the issue that we all have, With mental well being and managing what we perceive to be a work life balance, is that we try and keep them separate. And I think for me, that's one of the biggest aha moments over the last 18 months has been hang on, why am I trying so hard to wear a mask of work so I can rip it off when I go home at the end of the day to be myself? And it's only the last like months I've started going, actually, I quite like who I am as Gary, so I can be that person at both work and at home. So yeah, I sort of see the work life balance term being a little bit. Out of date now to be completely honest i've heard a term jeff recently which is beautiful called life work quality and i think life coming first and then having quality across both that speaks me a lot more than work-life balance to be honest
0: i love it and i share my thoughts up front not to see if people agree with it but to provoke that thought and then more importantly get thoughts from my guests which proved that this work-life balance model if you like is is perhaps outdated like some of the other models that that we're discussing and debating now within within society and, and certainly within the workplace i love it gary and i, I love putting life first and, and one of my other guests has, has done that recently i think it was tim roberts because we've forgotten about that bit in in some cases um or we've stopped living that life bit or doing what you said, we finish work, we get home, and then we we be this other person. Uh, so I'm glad, and and it's good to hear more and more people actually starting to put life before work, or or indeed separating them out. Was there a trigger point for you, Gary? Then, in terms of changing that mindset, changing that thought, because you said up until about eighteen months ago, you you would have gone along with this mantra or or model of work life balance.
1: Yes, it's a really great question, actually, Jeff. Um, I can pinpoint it quite clearly. So I'll put a shout out to the lovely Kelly Swingler, who was uh, my coach at the time. And you and I have had some chats before about my own personal journey over the last sort of few years. And what it was for me was this very real, oh, my God, you know, I was bullied as a child, you know, self-harmed at uni, had a mental health challenge myself a couple of years ago. And Jeff, I don't think it's just because I'm a man in society, whether it's just me, I have to only sort of look at myself. But I didn't talk about any of that stuff for 20 years. So I truly believe that I've been on the rat race with so many other people because we just don't talk about the stuff that has been challenging for us as we've grown up or whether we've been bullied at work or maybe we don't get on with someone, we don't know how to communicate with them. So what we tend to do is we bottle all that up. You don't need a big story like mine. You know, It could be really, really sort of menial. But the point is we lock it away in our minds and then we try and tell ourselves over the next 10, 20, 30 years different versions of what we think is truth. And then, of course, most of it isn't truth. So Kelly very kindly helped me through coaching last February, realise that actually it was just emotional suppression. So that really was my aha moment. And it's not a crisis, I told you, it's a real awakening of, oh my goodness, why have I been locking myself away in my thinking for nearly 30 years?
0: <laughs> so
1: that, that was the big trigger for me.
0: It, it's crazy. Um, that, that we do that, and and I completely agree in terms of, you know, our thoughts and retelling our story to ourselves time and time again, and 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 actually, but there's more people coming into my space and my world around mental health and and men in particular. Um, you know, David Algio was uh, kindly on the show uh, at the start of the year. Tim Roberts has, has talked through some of the challenges that that he's been through. Why? Why is it, Gary? And I think I have my own thoughts on this, but I'd be interested to get yours as well. Why is it that for us as men, we, we do find it difficult to, to open up and to talk about some of those things?
1: Yeah, I, I think my personal view, if I look at it from my own journey, it's just that it's social, isn't it? You know, so we've learnt, you know, at the end of the it, day, it's all learnt behaviour. Um, you know, so we've learned to be the man, you know, there's so much talk about that right now, you know, be the strong one and, and, <clears throat> and almost by accident, you know, our, our partners do the same, you know, we say "Oh, man up or can you go do the DIY or you know, that thing's fallen down, you know, there's such stereotypes that have been engendered over the last 100 years. And it, we're only now starting to realize we don't need to live those gender stereotypes. And I think part of the challenge Jeff as well is is marketing, and it's media. And I think it's a wonderful let Toys Be Toys um, is, a, is a Twitter handle if nobody follows it. And they're, and they're great at challenging the retail outlets, for example. You know, why does a targeted product for girls have to be in pink and for boys in blue? You know, this stuff is deeply ingrained in society. And we've grown up with that through being 1, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12 years old. And we haven't unlearned that stuff until we hit our 40s, <laughs> where we suddenly wake up and realize we don't need to be that way. So I think a lot of it's to do with marketing. A lot of it's socialized. Um, but I do see the change coming. I do see that, the, and I'm not going to talk millennial, just younger people are having the different conversations that, that I would say you and I had 20 years ago.
0: Yeah, I, I can see it too. And it is coming. And, and that change is only going to be a positive thing. Now, Gary, for those listeners that have uh, tuned into this episode and are perhaps wondering uh, who you are uh, and wanting to know a little bit more about you, can you describe what it is you do and why people want to follow, interact, work with you?
1: That's a really, really fascinating question. Um, again, the, the Gary of 18 months ago is very different to the Gary of uh, you know, sort of today in many ways. So I would say that what I do, let's so start there. So I'm actually, I would say, quite an interesting hybrid. So I'm actually an international sales and marketing professional. So I've worked in the chemical industry for over 20 years. Um, run to product ranges so heavily sales focused on the one hand but on the other hand I've got this really deep-seated passion to what I call rehumanize ourselves teams and leaders and the world of work because it, we've become far too dehuman over the last certainly the last generation so I've got this interesting sort of two hats that I wear the formal day job and I've got the personal passion project, which I call the listening organization so there's these two things running congr- uh, concurrently and I think People engage with me, Jeff, I think because of my authenticity, because of my sincerity and my willingness to be challenged and to listen. And I think they're probably, and I'm more than happy for people to tell me that's incorrect <laughs> after listening to the podcast, um, but I believe they're the sorts of things as, as to why um, I, I build fairly strong relationships with people on a, on a genuine basis
0: how do you go from being an international sales manager? And I know you're still, you're still doing that now to deciding that, that actually you, you want to focus on helping individuals and, and, you know, humanize how does, how does that happen? Because again, I suppose it's society and it's models but clearly you're enjoying it and there's a passion about you and, and you're still doing your, your your sales role as well. So how, how does that transition happen? How did, how did it come about for you? Yeah,
1: I'll be, I'll be, be very open. Um, so i was going to look actually to leave my work organisation probably about four or five years ago now because for me, I started, so I really woke up 18 months ago as I described earlier, but this, was, this had been coming probably from the age of around 38, 39 where I was doing very well in the sales role, you know, great team, the company's great, going great guns from a sales point of view. But I suddenly, a few years ago, suddenly thought, hang on, I'm not growing anymore. So I'm making good money for the company. I've got a very nice life. So on a very individual basis, life was great. A lot to be grateful for. But I was just, as I was getting, I guess something to do with age, Jeff, I think. I just suddenly started looking around me and thinking, hang on, how have we got people in food banks in the UK? have we got such division? And this is pre-Brexit. You know, how have we got such division in society? How are we not seeing each other on an individual basis? And I was just really curious, Jeff, just really deeply curious about what could I do to try and bridge that gap in my own small ways, Gary. So that started me on this crazy journey. So what happened was I said, okay, I'm going to join another company. My organization very, very gratefully said, okay, we'll support you. Here's a blank slate. So what happened over those three years from... I think it was, what, 2014, I think it was, or 2013, 2014. So I set up an in-house L&D program, complete, complete startup in, in-house, so by our colleagues, for our colleagues, a 16-module L&D program covering interpersonal skills, technical skills. That's still in operation now, um, four or five years later. And that really whetted my appetite, Jeff. That was my, oh, okay. So even within this organization that never did anything with people development before, I had a very tangible um, result of the impact and the enthusiasm and the passion that was awoken in these people by just giving them this this outlet to be more of themselves and to grow. And without taking up too much, maybe you'll explore more of this on the podcast, but that was really the catalyst was my organization saying, okay, we don't want to lose you because you're very good at sales. Yeah, so we don't want to lose that ability. What would it take for you to stay? And they allowed to create the space to then step into what I had no idea would be this deep, deep human
0: uh, passion around rehumanizing work. So that, that was really the catalyst, Jeff. That's fascinating because in a lot of cases when people have a realization that they're not growing and they're not developing anymore, if they decide at that point to take it to the organization, often the response is, well, we can't support you with that, or how is that going to work? Or no, 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 we can't, we can't do that. You know, that would, you know, makes a precedence for everybody else then, and that just doesn't really fit with, with all our models and processes. But what you're describing there is a very different response from an employer to somebody that is, you know, passionate about their own growth and development. That's quite rare, Gary. Do you know something,
1: and, and it's, it's, it's why these discussions are great, because it does make you reflect and appreciate actually you know, what you do have. We're so often striving, aren't we, for what we don't have? We don't often reflect and, and, and present enough to appreciate what we do. And let's be honest, you know, it's, it's far from perfect. You know, The organization is a great organization. It's growing well. Um, so it is rare. I think it's very rare. And I think if I reflect on what was the difference for me then, is I was prepared to leave. And it wasn't, a game about trying to negotiate for a higher salary. It wasn't about trying to influence them by threatening to leave. I went with a very deep-seated belief that I could make more of a difference for the company and a very, and a very deep-seated belief that I was not growing anymore. So I think the point here is, and I, I put this out to anyone that's listening to us now, you know, I think more of these conversations can ha- happen if we as individuals have the courage to step into that space, but equally – Don't just go with, I think I'm worth more money without a justification why you're worth more money. I think a lot of people ask for things but don't have the evidence or the strategy behind them to bring to life what they're asking for. And I think that's why it doesn't happen as often. So I went with all of that and my organisation respected the balanced approach and that I did have an an alternative offer. And it was just an adult-adult conversation in the end, Jeff. to be completely honest.
0: Yeah, again, it's fascinating to hear you you know talk about your own experience but but also encourage others at the same time to get real clarity on on what it is they want to do and and where they think they can can add value because again organizations are they're running off the old models but they know in a lot of cases the old models aren't fit for for now and and so if you've got you know Employees in an organisation that are forthcoming in terms of sharing ideas, how they think they can add more value, um, and and how they can, you know, grow and develop at the same time. In in a lot of cases, that that's going to provide, you know, solutions and suggestions for for that organisation as a whole to continue to grow and and to develop. And I see it with organisations when I talk to them about well being, is they're all looking for this holy grail of a well-being strategy at the same time negating or missing actually what their employees can bring to the table in terms of how to improve and, and how to get better or how to support people's well-being because they're doing stuff and if they're not doing stuff they've got ideas on doing stuff so it, it, it's great and, and i I like you I, I would encourage more and more people to have a little bit of courage to to have that adult adult conversation because they may well be surprised as well in terms of the response they get. Mm. So talk to us a little bit more about the the listening organisation and you know what what you've been doing o- over the last few years outside of the organisation that, that you're working within as well. Yeah, so th- th-
1: this, this has evolved really quite organically, Jeff, and thanks for the opportunity to share about it. So it's, in essence, it's a very, very much a human-centered organizational design model based on seven key pillars of what I've learned over the last five years to be critical to what I feel will be psychologically safe organizations for the future of work. And what that looks like is purpose and values, trust, listening, curiosity, inclusion, yeah, and all of these, so we're talking about getting really down So below what, you know, quite often we talk, well-being is a great thing we're talking about today, because well-being for me touches every part of that, and I think the danger of looking for a strategy above the line to make everyone better misses the nub, which is, do people trust each other? Do people empathize and listen to each other effectively? Do they believe they have a purpose at work? So my goal with the listening organization is to create safe spaces for people to come together and hack what trust looks like for their team, for their leadership, for their organization, or curiosity, or inclusion. So it's not a silver bullet approach at all. It's a pick and mix approach, depending on where an organization and a team or a leader is at in their own personal journey. But the point is to create that space to get present, to stop, and to allow them to reflect together collectively as to where they are. And where they want to be and to build a journey with my support and with support of affiliates like you and others to help them reach that aspiration of where they want to go because as you said earlier Jeff where everyone is so so busy but people are also victims people allow themselves to be excessively busy because it's easy to blame someone else than to go oh I didn't do that because I chose to watch tv for three hours or to go onto social media for five and a half hours today so if we can just get present enough and understand where we are choosing to spend our time that will allow us to step into something like the listening organization and create so much more capacity for growth, for opportunity, for everybody, you know, the leaders, organizations, individuals, and for the team um,
0: and organization at large. And, and those are real challenges right now in terms of being present and allowing ourselves to, to have a moment. Busyness has become this badge of honor um, that people are quite happy to default to without necessarily giving any thought to that it's easy for any of us to say we're busy and that there aren't enough hours in the week but actually that's that's an excuse sometimes that that's lazy because when you break down the hours in the day it's what they've chosen to do with their time versus what they've chosen not to do and you know I'm, I'm speaking to to people in an organization now around choice and the fact that when people are choosing not to focus on their work and to spend all their time on social media and they've got a real challenge in this business around people using Facebook in work time, it's a choice and it's deliberate. So we need to understand why they're choosing not to focus on their work and in in your case, does it link back to some of their purpose or the fact that they don't feel a purpose or or their values in terms of what's important to them? And let's have a conversation there rather than, you know, referring that person back to, well, this is the social media policy and you shouldn't be on Facebook uh, until <laughs> your lunch break. It's it's just, it's crazy. <laughs> You're laughing, but it's true.
1: <laughs> it's it, it. It, it, it is true. And what's your, what's your take on that, Jeff? What, 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 do you, what do you think needs to change for?
0: I feel like I'm banging a drum, but I'm not the only one banging the drum. And, and every time I come back to, let's have a conversation. Let's talk mm-hmm. to people and, and let's not have one of those above the line, as you've referred to conversations that says, you know, every morning, hi, Gary, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Jeff. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm good as well. And we leave it there. It's a you know, it's a, it's a, coffee uh, or a tea conversation that has little or no value. Because me as your manager, I've been told I've got to do that. I've got to check that you're okay. Um, but at the same time, I'm hoping and praying that you don't tell me you're not okay. Because A, I haven't got the tools to deal with that. And B, I've got a lot on my to-do list today. So the earliest I can fit you in is going to be five to five. But at the same time, you're hoping that I don't probe a little bit further because today might be the day where you want to open up or if it's not we just go back to that superficial facade that says yes I'm okay Jeff good positive tick don't have to worry about Gary today off we go we've all got lots to do so it's it's engineering to a degree the the opportunity to have an honest conversation that says Gary I notice you've been working a lot of hours recently, or I noticed that you know the stuff that you're doing with the listening organisation—it's getting real traction. It's growing. What's happening in terms of your balance or, or your well-being? You look a little tired, or you're not going for that walk in the morning now. What, what can you share with me that gives me a little bit of insight that says? Mm, I need to be aware of this, but I also need to check with Gary that if he needs some additional support, we've got that trust there where he can say, you know what, Jeff, I'm absolutely knackered. I'm not sleeping. I haven't gone for a walk in the morning for the last week or so. I've got this project here that's got this deadline and I've got this stuff happening here with the listening organization. Where I could really need your help or support is, can you just nudge a few people in terms of this project to see if we can get it over the line this week? Because if you do that, Next week, I'm back to walking every day, and that's it. It's it's just a conversation. But because we we default to the supermarket conversation when we've got all the items on the conveyor belt, and they say, "Would you like some help with your shopping?" Meaning, please don't say yes, because uh, I'm going to scan everything down super fast so I can get onto the next <laughs> one. On to. But we've lost sight of the real conversation.
1: Uh. Yeah, um, I, have to, I think it's a wonderful reflection and, and something I want to play back to you, which I felt really, really intimately as you were describing that. There's something, there's, there's an opportunity, we are dealing transactionally with each other too much, yet by just being a little bit vulnerable, by knowing it's okay not to know, as a leader, as a colleague, you don't have to have the answer. It's the empathy and the vulnerability just to say, are you okay? Yeah, just to do that could be the difference between transacting and transforming that person's
0: day. Yeah, I love it, and, and you're absolutely right, and, and I love the way you've been able to simplify my little uh, story there around um, transacting and, and transforming. And with that, we have to remember that the, the, the people in leadership positions, they're human too. And I know this is something that we both feel hugely passionate about, they need time to be in the moment. They need time to pause and to reflect and to also be able to say to you know, their boss or, or their peers around them, I don't have the answer to that. I need some help and support with this and, and to show that element of vulnerability that in turn makes it okay for other people to show some vulnerability. Yeah. Now, Gary, you're hugely passionate about what you're doing uh, whether that's in work out work on work whatever you call work um, and you clearly love what you're doing how important is it do you think to be able to do work that you love and enjoy
1: I think it's critically important um, I think if I unpack the two points you've got love and enjoy I think if we go back to that transactional versus transformation sort of reflection for a moment I think it's critically important that we as a minimum, if we look at it as levels, it's a minimum that we should be able to at least enjoy our work. We should be able to get a level, minimum level of satisfaction. We should be able to transact in a way that sends us home safe and happy with our other halves and our kids and that we're not doing work all weekend. So I'd say it almost like, yes, it's, there's a fundamental to enjoy, but then the transformation bit is if you can find work that you love, which should be what we aspire towards, then yes, that 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 is like the golden chalice. And I think I'm somewhere between the two. I enjoy my day job with my corporate organization. I really do. But the bit I truly love is helping transform individuals, leaders, and unlocking the brilliance in all of them. And that's what I hope will merge across the two. But what's interesting, Jeff, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to make between the two that I end up having a life that I love because I, everything that I touch, back to my personal purpose, you know, will be in that area of enriching people's lives and unlocking the brilliance that within them. Because by doing that, you get great performance and everyone else can enjoy their job. So I think the love bit is the absolute aspiration, but people should not be doing anything work-related if they don't even at least have a minimum level of enjoyment. They should get another job.
0: Yeah, I, I, I like the way you've turned that into a, into a scale almost in terms of this is the minimum uh, and, and everybody you know, should be in a position where, where they enjoy we know and, and I'm sure, you know, individually we've been in that position as well in the past where we haven't enjoyed what we do. And there'll be lots of people out there that don't enjoy what they do, but that's telling them something. And and if you know if they're prepared to spend a little bit of time reflecting on that and understanding why, then that then may provide some answers in terms of what they do next. How how do you how do you do both is, is I suppose the question that that's going through my mind as other listeners are perhaps um playing about with this in their mind how do you do something that you enjoy um in in the corporate world or the business world and then be able to do something that you love Uh, because again we've not been conditioned this way this is this is new thinking uh, and you and i aren't the only people uh, albeit I'm I'm self-employed, now. we're not the only people that are in this space. There are lots of other people. I'm thinking for others that are perhaps wondering how how. And I don't want to use the word balance because I'm not sure it's a balance. How do you do both?
1: I think that's, that's, that's the first thing is that you don't you don't you don't ask for you don't ask for permission. That's the first thing you don't do. And I think again it comes back to courage. You know fundamentally. The first thing is you need to make sure that you're doing, you know. So, for me, for example, there are people in my organization that know about the listening organization. There's some that don't. It's fine, you know, it's not going to take over the world. But it's my personal passion project to bring my purpose to life. But I'm only doing that because I know I'm nailing the day to day job. I would not be able to be focusing 80% of my time on the listening organization at the jeopardy of the job that's paying me full time. So that is the balance part of this. That's the management part is that you have to be intentional. You know, for example, the last couple of weeks I've had quite a major challenge with one of my product ranges. That comes straight back up to the top of the list. That has to be done first. So there's something here about accountability. There's something about awareness of yourself. And because, you know, if I share a story, actually, Jeff, I think it's a really fair one to share. So I was in a situation 12 months ago where I wanted to walk. You know, I was so believed in the listening organization and how much suffering is going on in the world, how toxic so many organizations are. So I could see over here on on the right where they needed the listening organization. And I was like, I need to go and serve that. It's so important. But then I'm over here on the left going, but Gary, that pays your bills and you do like it and you are good at it. So just because you love doing this, don't see what is really important to you as a pain when I, and I got to that stage, but to the point where I could have even left a year ago to focus on a listening organization, but have no money coming in. So like, how crazy would that have been? So this is the balance part here is about be good with yourself. Know who you truly are. Know what makes you tick, follow your passion, but do it in a way that you don't jeopardize the house over the roof over your head, the, you know, the holiday, whatever's important to you, your kids education, you know, get that bedded in, be grateful for that, but then put the effort in outside to grow whatever else you want to do on the outside. And I'll just share something with you, Jeff. I've invested over £20,000 in myself the last three years, yeah, outside of my, you know, my own money to get to where I am. And I'm not even actually serving people with a listening organization yet. That's just learning, meeting people, going to WD-40 in the US, getting training with World Blue, getting qualified with the CIPD. You know, I don't want people to listen to our conversation and think, oh, I can have that, and I can have that, and not do any work for it. It is hard work. You need to be intentional to do it, but it is out there if you want it enough.
0: Yeah, and, and that, that's what I wanted you to share, and I'm, and I'm glad you have shared it, because I'm always conscious of the listener and, and what they might be thinking, and, and me as the listener as well, when, when I'm hearing you and, and the guests talk through through different examples and share different stories is almost at how you've arrived at this point, because we don't wake up one morning and all of a sudden it's there. The reality is w- there is hard work involved. And, and I love what you say there about being intentional. Um, the easiest thing is is always, we think, to choose one or the other and just focus all our energy on one uh, because we believe then that that, that that will be the right thing to do. But if if there's an itch that that's there like you with the listening organisation, like some of the other people that have been on on the podcast this year, especially, you know, it's not going to go away. And therefore it's how you find that time and what you choose to focus on intentionally that can actually take you some steps along the way to where it is you want to be.
1: Yeah, it's a great, great, great summary, Jeff. Great summary. (laughs) You launched
0: the listening organisation back in 2018. Um, You facilitate the self-care weekly discussion on Twitter you host the value through vulnerability podcast and have recently created uh, the have courage online summit where do you find time and also and I think I do know the answer in part to this but why all these different great initiatives (laughs) I
1: was hoping to come on this podcast and ask you for the answer to that Jeff (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I, I think i have an idea but the reality is you know you you'll be doing things at different points with with each of those to to, to make them happen because because they are important to you
1: yeah i, I think if we actually um, if we actually unpick them all it, it's quite interesting so if you look back at the timeline i described earlier in our discussion today around this particularly 18 months ago that awakening that i had doing the coaching with kelly so that was really my catalyst. That's when I had my first experience via Perry Timms with World Blue and Tracy Fenton, their Freedom at Work. Um, and that was a really big catalyst for me. And that, two months after that, I then set up the podcast, uh, which was in May 2018. And I oh God, it's even less than that. Yeah, so it's only, only just less than a year, actually. So I think it's 18 months. So these things have happened in all, so not inten- it's been intentional, but I would say not planned, Jeff. So I've not sat at any point in the last 12, 18 months and said, I want to be at that point by end of the year or end of Q1 2019 or, or end of the first half 2019. Now, that's going to sound crazy for so many people listening and going, I've got smart objectives. I need to hit this by end of Q1, end of Q2. I was that person. I'm so comfortable now not knowing. And this is something that the world is only starting to wake up to. Is and it's part of, I'll get, I'll pull this I'll answer to your question too in a second. Yeah, but we're so conditioned to need assurance and absolutes. And the biggest power, the biggest release for my well being over the last 12 months is be, becoming okay with not knowing. And that has been how these things have evolved naturally. So, first of all, it's the, the podcast in May last year, then it was a self care weekly around a similar time, um, listening organization was sort of come into incorporation September last year. The have courage summit. I started on with a coach back in November last year and it's currently in process. So there is, if you, if you look at the timeline, it all started with this awakening um, in February of 2018, really, it's as recent as that one year ago, but I'm not actually worried about where it all goes. You know, I believe that the universe will dial in and dial up when, when, when I'm ready. As long as I keep doing what I'm doing, as long as I care enough about other people, as long as I'm sharing as we are today with people, what we how we think we can serve and help people, it will be okay. And I'm doing that from a position of privilege, Jeff. Yeah, I am paid full time as well, but I've designed that. Yeah. So that's sort of how it's all coming together. I hope that's a little bit helpful for you for you and the
0: listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Because again, coming from the, the world of business, which is where most of us you know, have started or certainly spent some time, I mean, there is an emphasis on objectives, um, you know, quarterly objectives, annual objectives, smart objectives. And, and so that then forms part of our conditioning. And I know working with people in organisations or, or one-to-one, often there's this desire to, to want everything, you know, planned or marked out. The, the reality is, certainly in my experience, um, it always takes longer than you expect, and expect some different things to happen throughout that process because you are opening yourself up to different conversations, different opportunities, and you just don't know what what's going to happen. There's a there's a calmness about you, Gary, which I think is is what I draw confidence from in terms of you've had an awakening, you've then. Decided to make some different decisions. You've had the courage to go and explore some of those with your employer, and then the courage to do some things off your own back and and put them out there, you know, to the universe, which is always daunting because you never know how they're going to be received. And there's always some smart ass out there that that's you know happy to, to knock you down or or to tell you that idea is rubbish. Where where do you see what you're doing in the future, whether that's the listening organisation or one of the areas that you've focused on in, in, in the last 18 months or, or indeed a, another area that might come along? Where, where do you see it in the future?
1: So for me, and wellbeing's a massive backbone to all of this, for me, I see, I just envisage, something around let's say the rehumanization of work is quite a big term but I really see a lot of the focus being around empowerment and the indiv- let's let's call it the individualization of work as well as the rehumanization. So I think that's where this is all pointing towards, which is how can we be okay? with seeing ourselves as the 10 out of 10 that we all are. You've got children, you know I've got stepchildren and I'm inheriting shortly. That they're full of wonder, they're full of joy, they don't have any fear. And I think, again, we've socialised our way away from that. And I see my role, and I think a lot of our roles, Jeff, are around pointing people back towards knowing that they are a 10 out of 10 and actually reworking from that space and getting away from the treadmill of life, which is around, I'm only a four or a five or a two, and I need to then be something else that I'm not to try and justify who I am or what my identity is. So I don't know what it all looks like yet, but it's definitely around maybe it's life coaching, maybe it's supporting my own organization with more of the same like life coaching, reflection, you know, OD support on a more human-centered basis. But it's pointing back to the human. And I mean the genuine inside out human that we all are. We're all a ten out of ten already, and we've just lost our way with that over the last generation. So it's all around it's all around that.
0: Yeah, and I suppose again what strikes me is that you're comfortable and calm with the fact that you don't have all the answers and you're okay with that because there will be things that will happen that will come into your world for whatever reason because of what you've already done and what you continue to do i love the fact that you talk about life coaching because you know when i trained as a coach probably about Seven or eight years ago, there was a real almost negative perception around life coaching. Um, and in part, it might be because there were lots of people going on that journey at that time and then popping up and, and calling themselves life coaches. And, and you know, some of them were relatively young into their life and career. And you think, well, you haven't lived much of your life, so how can you, how can you be a life coach? And all the You know, all the kind of perceptions and judgments and unconscious bias that we have. I keep hearing more and more about life coaching now. And I I think there's there's genuinely a, a good place and a good time to almost reintroduce that term and be comfortable with it. Because actually what people need on the whole is coaching for their life, not coaching for work or coaching for one aspect that might be presenting or it might be confidence or, you know, there might be some other therapies that lend themselves nicely to coaching like CBT. I think there's a real need and a real space for life coaching probably just needs to be remarketed or reintroduced in a way that people start to embrace it and and see some benefit and value in it. What's
1: re- what really comes up for me, and I love, how, I, I love that reflection, Jeff. So if, we, if you think back, and again, this is the beauty of not needing to have an outcome planned. My belief is that we're going towards life-work balance. So why would you not have a life coach? It's exactly as you just described. You know, because fundamentally, all we have is our life. We have ourselves as human beings. Yeah, and we're making the best job we can with our limited time on the planet. So why would you focus on anything apart from your life? It's insane.
0: <laughs> it, it, it's true. And when you look at some of the challenges and they've been well documented and, and get lots of airtime in, in the media, it's, it is about the shift away from work. People don't want the regular pattern, whether that's flexible working, whether that's four-day working, whether that's, you know, in some cases three-day working now, it all comes back to the same thing. You know, whether we decide to label people as millennials or, or sandwich generation or what have you it all comes back to the same thing it's what people want to do with their life and we're in a space right now where more and more people are comfortable in sharing that rather than feeling and thinking that they have to conform to the traditional models of work or society from previous generations Uh,
1: absolutely perfect F- f- fully resonates, Jeff, and, and there's even, I don't know if you know much about um, Scott Santon's work on, on universal basic income. So this is really interesting. So there's been some pilots. There's one in Scotland at the moment and also in Canada. And they're talking there about, you know, this is the ultimate life-work balance, is if everybody had a certain minimum amount of money. So, not, so it's not universal credit, universal basic income. So you redefine this, the social system. You redefine how taxes are paid. But everybody had the same amount and then you can earn on top of that, which means people can do the work that they love, back to your point earlier, and not just do a job that they hate just to put money on the table and a roof over their head. And this is a very, very real thing that's being investigated that could disrupt everything in the next generation.
0: That is fascinating. And and that's something that I'm definitely going to take away and, and, and explore a little bit more because actually, yeah, the you know, the noise that's that's being created at the moment, you could certainly see something like that coming into fruition at a point in the future. Excellent. Right, Gary, I have what I call some 60 second quick fire questions towards the end of each guest interview and they're really designed just to give the listeners a a slightly different insight to each of my guests. So are you ready to answer some quick fire questions?
1: I'm nervous, Jeff, but yes, I'm ready. Go for it.
0: Okay. Someone that you admire and admit to following on social media.
1: This will be an interesting one. So Jessica Eaton, who is a feminist and does an awful lot of work around victim blaming um, uh, for women. Very, very powerful character, but I've learned a lot from her.
0: Fabulous. Three guests after dinner, past or present?
1: Morgan Freeman, Amy Winehouse, and one of my favourite trance DJs, Paul Van Dyke.
0: Okay, that's going to be an interesting evening. <laughs> A guilty pleasure, should you view it that way, which you do when you have some time to yourself?
1: For me, as a very poor reader as a young child, I love reading. I devour books, as in the hard copy ones, so they're my my guilty pleasure.
0: Okay. A book and or a podcast that you would recommend?
1: I'm going to be greedy if I have the time. The book is Everybody Matters by Raj Sisodia and Bob Chapman. And a podcast outside of this amazing podcast, Jeff, is Disrupt Yourself. By Whitney Johnson
0: okay and one tip that you have for improving overall well-being
1: for me that is give yourself permission to stop more often and I just want to share this reflection with people just remember what it feels like on the 11th of the 11th every year how expanded is that two-minute silence when you actually stop and allow yourself to stop for two minutes so my recommendation to you is try as off as many hours as possible Take one of those minutes just to stop and get present as often as you can.
0: I love that. I love that, and that's that's so easy to do. We've just got to choose to do it. Excellent, Gary. I have three final questions that I put towards my uh, guests. Who would you like to see or hear as a future guest on the Perfect Imbalance podcast?
1: I would actually quite like to hear from uh, someone that's joined us quite a bit on the self-care weekly chat, Steve, Steve Keith, the branding man.
0: Okay. I
1: think he'd be an interesting person.
0: Okay, good. I like that suggestion. Thank you very much. How can listeners find out more about you and what you're doing?
1: The best ways to reach out to me are, um, so my Twitter handle is at Gary zero, and that's Gary with two R's. So at Gary Turner 0 is my Twitter handle. You can contact me at gary.turner at the listening organization, one word, uk, And you can also find me on LinkedIn as well. Um, so they're my three main, uh, three main routes, I would say.
0: Excellent. And one final takeaway for the listeners.
1: I'm going to be cheeky and nick two. So one is you're already a 10 out of 10. So feel that, internalise that. You're already a 10 out of 10. And self-care is not selfish you can only be the best for others if you're first best for yourself.
0: Gary, what a wonderful double message for the listeners to take away. Thank you very much indeed for agreeing to come on the show and also for providing the insight that you have. Thank you again.
1: Not at all. Thank you so much for inviting me, Jeff.
0: An absolute pleasure. Take care. Now, if you enjoyed the interview with Gary, then please do start a conversation with him on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, or indeed through his website. All details, as always, can be found in the show notes. If you like the episode, you can leave the show a rating and a review on iTunes or the platform of choice that you choose to listen to podcasts. Get involved on social media and ask us a question or share your feedback using the hashtag PerfectImbalance. All episodes to date can be found via the link in the show notes. Now, tune in next time to hear me talking with Greg Searle, winner of a bronze medal in London 2012, 20 years after winning a gold medal in Barcelona 1992. Greg is the founder of the company 2040, inspiring peak performance in teams and individuals by sharing the behaviours required to bring the enthusiasm he had at 20 Coupled to the wisdom he had at 40 until next time remember this when you have a balance enjoy it when you've got an imbalance embrace it for in those moments you're striving towards achieving your next success increasing your happiness or looking for greater fulfillment bye for now